It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 18th of October. What correlation is there between preseason and regular season? And as much as we're saying, oh no, shouldn't we be saying, oh yes, plus what struggles are legitimate? And sitting down with Tony Bradley for our final in the Get to Know features. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, lots of geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot more fun to be a Jazz fan. All right, I have a bunch of little bookkeeping kind of notes here that I want to get across before um, we get the show going. And so just stick with me for a quick second. I'll fly through them as quickly as I can. Number one, we are over a thousand five-star reviews. Uh, 1,041. I don't know why I think that's so cool, but it's really cool. Thank you very much. We've also been on the iTunes 200 charts all week, so that's probably related. Um, so thank you. Super appreciate it. Kind of fun. Tried to get some people tickets the other night. Uh, I don't act. I had some preseason tickets. I don't have any regular season tickets, so that, that game will end here. Uh, but anyway, thank you very much. Uh, number two, uh, Utah Jazz charity event last night. Super fun. Great to see the players in kind of a relaxed environment. Um, and we're raising money. And there is an auction at 32auctions.com. It's called 32auctions.com. And there's a Utah Jazz um, event on that. And if you go find that, um, there's some great, great items on the item list. Um, so you can find, there's golf with Mike Conley at Willow Creek Country Club. There's courtside seats uh, alongside Gail Miller, which is really a once-in-a-lifetime experience. There's courtside to the Jazz Warriors. There's all sorts of great things. And, and frankly, it has not been bid up that much. The one that I actually was looking at that has now gotten a little bit more expensive is Take the Restaurant Home. The Jazz Private Chef was hosting a party, but... Frankly, it's not that much. It's at $1,200 for a big event. I mean, that's a lot. Trust me, I, it's, it just got out of my price range. But if you're actually hosting a party of 12, it's $100 per person. So it's not for having um, an executive chef at your house. Um, it's actually not that. And you get a $100 gift card to the new uh, restaurants, Bourbon House, Whiskey Street, and Whitehorse. I actually have not been to Whitehorse and really want to go. So, okay. So that is... Um, so check that one out because that one's kind of cool. Uh, and anyway, uh, so that's going on. Number th- uh, three, did you hear the large Locked On Podcast Network announcement yesterday? We launched. We are launching a new show. It involves Nate Duncan, who many of you may know from Dunked On Basketball, and John Hollinger, the godfather of ESPN Analytics, former GM and front office person of the Memphis Grizzly. It's called Hollinger and Duncan. Subscribe. The first episode will be out Monday or Sunday night. So go right now and subscribe and grab that. Here is what we have built for you from an NBA standpoint on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We have built, we have the daily Lockdown NBA podcast. Short form, last night's events, today, the next day's story, the biggest stories of the day. Boom, 30 minutes, multiple hosts. Rejecting the screen twice a week. Fun kind of big picture NBA conversation. One day long form interview. They did Sam Mitchell 
uh, this week. It's classic. He tells a bunch of stories. You will have an opinion of Sam Mitchell when, when you're done with that interview, either one way or the other. And then Hollinger and Duncan is your third piece. So those are your three national NBA shows on the network. All right, I think that's the bookkeeping I had. I'm sure I've just forgotten something. Oh, fourth one. My apologies. Uh, I'm When I downloaded the sound yesterday, I forgot to save the right file. So you got one channel instead of two. My bad. Uh, sorry about that. I just screwed. I was just rushed and screwed up. When you make haste, you make waste, young boy. All right, let's get to it. We are freaking out because our defense is terrible. I have yet to hear anyone mention the idea that I, we have the third best offense in the NBA. The 76ers, interestingly, which we all wondered if they could score, have the best. The Pelicans, the second, the Jazz, the third, the Rockets, and then the Brooklyn Nets. Those were the five best offenses in the NBA. Uh, 76ers and the Pelicans uh, are considerably ahead, might even have another preseason. Both those might actually have another preseason game. Uh, Some of this is ridiculous because of all of the non-NBA teams everyone's playing. Okay, so let's... Let's make sure we're clear on that, that some of this is totally ridiculous. Uh, Brooklyn does play tonight. So New Orleans does play tonight. The 76ers play tonight. So this this is not... Houston plays tonight. So this is not completely set. But it's let's do it. Uh, so what happens if your top five offense or defense in the preseason? Like, does it mean a darn thing? So I went through... The last five years, it gets even by the end of the fifth year, the data I think gets a little screwy because teams are playing seven and eight preseason games. And I think our data is really screwy because people are playing five preseason games and one of them's against a non-NBA team a lot of the time or you're traveling. So there's just so many things here that are kind of wacky. But let's go with it anyway. The five teams that are in the bottom of the defensive standings At this moment, the Jazz are the worst. The Spurs who play tonight. The Warriors who play tonight. They play the Lakers four times in the preseason. The Pelicans who play tonight. And the Pistons. Okay, so as of right now, we're talking about these five teams. Jazz, Spurs, Warriors, Pelicans, Pistons. If you are in the bottom five defensive teams in the preseason, there have only been two of 25 teams in the last five years that have ended up being a top 10 defensive team. Only two. In fact, you have a two times better chance being a bottom five defensive team. Makes sense. It's wacky and weird that we're there or maybe it's going to turn out to not be. I mean, I think this is a really weird, to interrupt myself, I think this is a really, really weird moment for us. On one level, we have this four or five game data that says that something's wrong. And yet it's ridiculous data and it's preseason. It doesn't matter. And we're loaded with veterans who know the preseason doesn't matter. And they're not about to bust their butt in the preseason. And yet there's these moments in time where you can kind of go, "Uh uh-oh. So there's all this like, like, I feel like on one end, we all kind of know in the back of our hearts that this is ridiculous data that we shouldn't be worried about and shouldn't be talking about. And at the same time, if 40 games into the season we rank 22nd in the league defensively, we're going to look back at this being like, oh my gosh, we knew it. And so it's hard to tell whether or not we should talk about it or just ignore it. I just have decided that it should be put in a caveat of like, okay, eh, not certain. 
But there is a chance that 45 games into the season, we're going to rank 22nd in the league defensively and look back and be like, oh my gosh, the preseason told us something. I think there's a better chance, frankly, that we're going to be 13th defensively and the preseason's going to have told us that we're not elite anymore defensively, but we're still pretty darn good. That's, that's my guess, that there actually is a little bit of an indicator here that we're, the idea that we were going to be a top five offense, top five defense, number one seed, somehow doesn't feel like that the defense can be quite as great. But then, I, when I say that, I'm now interrupting the whole thing, so... Then I start thinking about who we played, right? We played the Pelicans who played crazy fast on the road in New Orleans, um, you know, preseason. You're just not amping up for that. Uh, and they play crazy, crazy fast. The Pelicans have been playing 111 possessions a game, which is one of the highest in the league. Milwaukee is also at 111 possessions. There's a uniqueness to them. Milwaukee slaughtered people throughout the playoffs. Um so that's just kind of funky. And simultaneously, New Orleans wasn't playing defense, so we were ahead most of that game. And the fact we weren't playing defense just didn't seem to really matter. Rudy didn't play Milwaukee, so I dismissed that. And then Sacramento, who's another team that plays 109 possessions per game, and Portland are both teams that caused us huge problems last year. Sacramento ran by us in the regular season last year when we were the number one defensive team in the league, and then we, we zeroed in on it and handled it the next few times. Portland scored 49 points against us in the first quarter of a game in Portland in January last year when we were rolling in 35 in the third quarter of that game. So a little bit of me just thinks, you know, also are dealing with a sample size of four and there's something absurd to worrying about a sample size of four, particularly when those four teams, maybe because they played us, were 12th, 9th, 7th, and 2nd offensively, right? Had we played Memphis, Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Denver in the preseason, we'd feel great about ourselves right now. So the minute I start saying I think there's something valid to this, I actually kind of think it's total BS. So I I don't actually know where I stand. I really don't. Um, And I'm pretty confused, and I kind of feel like that's where we all are right now. I was talking with Nate Silverman last night, who's um, the guy who does, uh, or excuse me, Nate Martinez. Who's Nate Silverman? Nate Silverman's a friend of mine from the Storm and Sonics, I think. Uh, Nate Martinez, who runs all the junior jazz programs, I mean, just maybe one of the most valuable employees in all of the Utah Jazz organization. Junior jazz program is the model for all of the NBA, and it doesn't win us games, but you know what it does to build the jazz as part of our culture and our community is seriously might, might be as valuable as any employee in the entire organization. Um, sorry, Nate Martinez. Nate Silverman's my friend from the Storm. Uh, anyway, he's a great dude. We were talking about it last night. I just said, I don't know where we are. Like, I feel like on one level, we've just been slapped in the face three times. And you want to say to yourself, like, okay, someone's slapping me in the face. On the other end, it's just like, yeah, but they're slapping me in the face because, and the, the becauses feel somewhat legit. All right. With that said, I've now caveated the crap out of this. Maybe told you, I think this whole show is ridiculous. I, uh, we're going to look at what the trends are both offensively and defensively, if you're top five in one or the other. We're top five offense, bottom five defense, bottom bottom one defense in the preseason. And what does that what does that mean? Really, what does that mean? Uh, it is Locked on Jazz, brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, super appreciate uh, uh, Blake and the crew over at Murdoch. Um, they just do so much uh, for the community, for ourselves. Uh, helping all of us out for the Jazz, a lot, a lot of great things. They're just, they're just super good people. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Hyundai Sonata is coming out with a new version and is getting huge pub. Like 
if you just kind of search Hyundai Sonata and like uh, it's one of them striking style Tesla like tech um, Honda Sonata prototype first test going for more from Motor Trend um, a day driving the redesigned Hyundai Sonata provides that you are now taking yourself further beyond your imagination. Like, really cool stuff. This is what Hyundai does. Hyundai is one of the technology innovators. I, I was explained to me that you actually, in the car world, because of safety, you get, like, your technology for, like, a year, and then everybody can copy it. So the back door, which Hyundai has right now, where you can't open the back door if a car is driving by, was a Hyundai item, and then at some point the rest of the car world can get it because it's safety-related, so they want to make sure that everyone gets it. But Hyundai's just pulling out great cars. The Palisade, the Sonata is just you know, opening eyes right now. Plus, the Murdochs are just incredible. Down in Linden, you can say out of Blake. In Murray, Jason is there at 4646 South Start State Street, Jason Creech. And then up in Logan, say hi to Ben. It's Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. And if you're going to look for a car, put Hyundai on the list. See all the things you can get for your money. But tell me first so that I can email them and let them know you're coming. It's Murdoch Hyundai. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. I promise I will not interrupt myself. I promise. All right, here's the data. This is relevant to the following teams this year. The Jazz, the Spurs, the Warriors, the Pelicans, and the Pistons. The Warriors and Spurs uh, in this group as well. Pelicans and Pistons. If you are bottom five defensive team in the preseason, 56 percent of the time you end up in the bottom 10 defensively only 16 percent of the time do you end up in the bottom five almost as though they catch your attention so 16 percent of the time in the bottom five but 56 percent of the time that you're in the bottom five defensively you end up in the bottom 10 defensively 36 percent of the time you end up in the middle And only twice, 8% out of 25 teams, do you end up in the top 10. The 2015-16 Golden State Warriors and the 17-18 Pistons finished 10th. Nobody's finished top 5. So 0% of teams that have been the bottom 5 defensively in the preseason have turned around and been in the top 5 defensively in the regular season over the last 5 years. 
All right. What we might have, the slap in the face of the preseason to me is the way we're constructed. We are probably not a top five defensive team anymore. Like that's, to me, I think that 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 has been put out on the table for us and kind of slapped us in the face. Does that that feel relatively, uh, relatively true there? All right, what about on the offensive side? Is there any other takeaway there? But I mean, the major, the ten of twenty-five teams, forty percent of them, end up between twenty-five and twenty-one, twenty-one to twenty-five defensively. Forty percent end up in the bottom ten, twenty and twenty-one to twenty-five. Fifty-six eh, percent seems like that's unlikely for us. We have a give a darn factor, but maybe it means we're a middle of the pack defensive team. What about being one of the top five offensive teams? Again, teams play tonight, so this is not totally done. But let's try it. This applies for the 76ers, the Pelicans, the Jazz. My scribbles don't make sense. I think it's the Rockets. And let's make sure I know. Sorry, guys. The... 1920 preseason best offense. 76ers, Pelicans, Jazz, Rockets, and Nets. Okay? not The Nets are the team I kind of projected. They've only played three preseason games. So small sample size. All right. What does this mean? It means, interestingly, 44%, 11 of 25, of the teams that are in the top five offensively in the preseason, end up in the top five offensively in the regular season. 44%. There is a larger chance by a huge amount that we, but our preseason being in the top five offensively is a indicator more than our top five defensively, right? So bottom five defensively to bottom five defensively during the regular season is only four out of 25, 16%. But top five offensively preseason the top five offensively regular season is at 44 percent top 10 offensively is 48 percent middle of the pack offensively is 32 percent bottom of the 10 offensively is 20 percent so there's a little it's a little top heavy but there is wider variance right so of the top five offensive teams over the 20 percent of them actually became bottom 10 Teams, whereas of the top of the bottom five defensive teams, only 8% became good defensive teams. So there's a chance that your preseason numbers can be, I guess, completely false. But there is a stronger indicator to being good, too. So maybe we should actually be jumping up and down about our offensive rating and how great our offense is right now. What's interesting is the offense of the preseason has been bad. The average offense of the preseason right now is a 101.8. Last year, it was a 103.8, the median team. And then the year before, it was terrible. It was a 97.1. I don't know why. So that's the other thing I would point out. Preseason offense is all over the map. The median team, just taking because of the the non 
for the last five years, the offense has been a 102.2, a 97, a 106, and then this year it's a 103. So kind of wacky. What's my overall takeaway here? My overall takeaway is that there is something to be learned here. I wouldn't take it to the stock market or to Vegas. But there is a indicator that if you are a great offensive team in the preseason, that you generally end up being a pretty great 48% of the time, you end up in the top 10 offensively. And if you're a bad defensive team, 56% of the time, you end up in the bottom 10 defensively. Like there's a chance that we're a top 10 offense and a bottom 10 defensive team, which is quite a change. Um, quite a change. So anyway, that's kind of where we are with it. Other little notes. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich has a lot of people concerned. It is just not on my list of concerns. I thought it was pretty fascinating that he told us, like, I don't feel great about things and then turned around and had a terrible game. I mean, I think he basically told us before the game started that that was going to happen. But I'm pretty certain he's not a 27% shooter and 25% shooter from three. The only thing I've brought up about him is he does get a lot of his possessions in transition. And so he's going to have to figure that out. Um, I don't think he just got disastrously old really, really fast. Maybe the most encouraging one is how good Jeff Green has been. I haven't heard a lot of talk about that. He's been stunningly good. Uh, Joe Ingles, coming off Australia, has been stunningly good. I wouldn't worry about Mike Conley. Like, it's not... Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, we talked about this all offseason. Like, these are tremendous changes for these players. Mike Conley has been bringing the ball up every single time for his entire career, is now not doing that. Boyan Bogdanovich was the number one scorer. He's now got to fit in, figure out where he fits with Donovan. It's why I think as time goes on, you let him be the number one scorer on the second unit to get his rhythm that way. Uh, you know, Rudy has not been great, but not being great is hitting 64% of his shots and, you know, doing some pretty neat stuff. And Tony Bradley's been just great. Not against the primary guys, but Tony Bradley's just incredible what he puts up. All right. We have Monday, Tuesday next week to kind of rehash all this and start digging in. And then Wednesday, we'll have our pregame to the Thunder and we get underway. Tony Bradley is next with our look inside of Get to Know with Tony. Look forward to that. Uh, the NBA previews are all up at Locked on NBA. Rejecting the screen has the great interview I told you about. And last and final, um, we've got the Hollinger and Duncan show coming your direction as well. So all those things um, for you. Um, all right, let's take a check on Homie. Homie's doing some great things, by the way. Uh, I got a great email from Dash the other day. I bought my grip stick. Uh, Dash Olson, who's a, a, a you know, uh, Restore uh, Hyper Wellness and Draper is his store. Uh, good dude. 
let's do another fan. It's so funny. We're talking about possibly doing something together. And he was like, hey, I wanted to chat with you. My next home's going through homie. I ordered a grip six belt. I still need to try a mudslide cookie. And I just bought a Hyundai Tucson. Uh, I think I fit your demographic. I love it. Thank you, Dash Olson. Uh, well, when you do buy your next car uh, house through Homie, what you're going to find out is that they're revolutionizing the real estate market. Rather than paying a preset uh, commission, they set a preset price for you, and it allows you to sell your home for $1,500. It's a pretty amazing deal considering the way things are working. They also can buy any home for you. That's right. You can choose a Homie agent, and the Homie agent will help you earn $5,000 back with closing costs and fees. They'll all the same things. They'll find your dream home, tour homes, make offers, negotiate the best deal, and then work to get you $5,000 back. When you buy a home, it's not free. The money you pay for your home is used to pay the seller, their agent, and whatever agent you choose to hire. It's money that pays both agents. Homie is returning $5,000 to you. Remember, it's simple to get started with homie just text eight checks lock to eight eight five eight eight that's locked to eight eight five eight eight go to homie.com for more information and text lock l-o-c-k-e to eight eight five eight eight hi this is nate duncan from lockdowns hollinger and duncan podcast those of you who listen to our show know that i try to take a measured approach i'm not prone to hyperbole it really takes something special to get me excited but with all that said theragun is simply one of the best products that i have ever used i just turned 40 i've always loved to work out to play basketball when it's safe and as i got into my 30s it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way i wanted to because my body didn't feel right and theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains i tried everything massages chiropractors this at-home device handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me and now the all-new gen 4 theragun has a proprietary brushless motor it's so quiet it's no louder than an electric toothbrush and best of all you can try theragun risk-free for 30 days there's no substitute for the theragun gen 4 with an oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need starts at only 199 dollars go to theragun.com locked on the name of this network right now and get your gen 4 theragun today that's theragun.com locked on theragun.com locked on this is locked on jazz one of the questions i'm asking a bunch of people is like toughest thing they ever had to overcome mm-hmm. it's interesting for you i don't one of the questions i'm asking a bunch of people is like toughest thing they ever had to overcome it's interesting for you. I don't know if it's been tough, but it's like when you envisioned being an NBA player and when you came out of North Carolina, I don't think you expected Salt Lake Community College for as many days as you've spent there. So how have, in, in that realm, if I decide that that's your toughest part, how have you kind of worked through that and mentally been able to handle that? Uh, just playing with the stars and being back and forth. I just took it as just trying to get better and develop and um, just getting an extra chance to play when I couldn't play with the Jazz I could always go to, down to the stars and just get an opportunity to play and just improve and, and I was excited to do that every time there's people in your life that love you could be mm-hmm. parents could be friends They're, why not more why, right mm-hmm. how do you deal with that chatter and keep balanced uh, just I'm learning to mature on my own just have my own mind um, parents may see it this way but I'm learning to see it my way um, so yeah, just maturing overall. It's interesting you bring that up. I mean, you were young. I mean, you're still what? 21. 21. So yeah. you've been dealing with this at 19, 20, 21. That's not mm-hmm. like you're not really supposed to be able to deal with those things very well at that point. Right. Uh, just growing up, uh, aging, 
comes with uh, more knowledge and wisdom just to myself and learning and other people telling me just just, just overall growing and maturing. How much better of a player are you right now than you were two years ago? Honestly, I just say I w- I'm more confident. Um, I, I feel like I've been put, putting in a lot of good work, and so um, especially just the moment I got drafted to now, I just overall feel more confident, and that's through playing with the Stars. It's just through workouts with Vince here with the Jazz and um, in the weight room. The thing that from an outsider would seem to me to be hard is like the improvements are so minuscule. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it's not like this one day where suddenly you shoot 50 of 56 on jump shots or something. Right. Or Like how do you get your mind around the fact that you are improving when it's so hard to see? It's like when you're having individual workouts, you're, doing, you're working on little things, but those little things soon turn into big things and they, you combine everything and it's just like, wow, like my game is really different from where you know when i first got here and you, you start to notice it remind me again so you grew up in small small town florida right mm-hmm. and then you're a point guard for a long time aren't you yeah i played well because my dad coached me so he wanted me to like be versatile and just skilled overall so uh growing up like middle school around middle school i was handling the ball a lot and uh, a little bit of the start of high school but I, soon I decided, I, like, not I didn't decide to grow, but... <laughs> you didn't just <laughs> Right, right, right. Soon soon I just started to grow and... Uh, so when yeah. did you have your growth spurt? I kind of always had a growth spurt. Like, eighth grade, I was 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, All right, that's a growth spurt. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, then I would just grow one inch, two inch every so often. And so uh, at the end of my senior year of high school, I was like 6'10 and a half-ish. It's made you a lot of money. Mm. But do you like being this tall? Yeah, I, honestly, I don't feel tall at all. Oh, interesting. I don't feel tall. Um, just a lot of people come up to me and sure. like, how tall are you? You're tall and stuff. But the other day I went to Best Buy and I was like, yeah, the the, the, the like the aisles are really short. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, I feel pretty tall now. I mean, it's not something you can – it's interesting. I just know some people, you know, obviously playing in basketball, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who don't like it. And, yeah. and it's like – you can't do anything about it, so it's a bummer mm. if you're not comfortable with it. So mm. it's great to hear that you that's not a thought that you have in the process. It feels normal. You know, every once in a while you bump your head on something that, you know, but I'm used to all that stuff. You've seen these locker rooms from an interesting perspective. Kind of, What do you think makes a successful basketball culture? Um, sometimes you can just feel it. Um, you can feel it and see it just from how guys get along and talk, especially off the court. How does this team now deal with the fact that it's such a different locker room? Uh, well, I haven't seen that yet. Um, sure. I just I'm going off of last year's season and team. So and unless you guys were all fooling us, everybody was pretty tight last year. Everybody was tight, yeah, for sure. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it um, evolves. When a fan thinks of Tony Bradley, what do you want them to think? He's a good he's a good guy, good person. How about when a teammate thinks of Tony Bradley? Good good person, good guy, off the court, on the court. I think they should. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. An NBA player, and when you came out of North Carolina, I don't think you expected Salt Lake Community College for as many days as you've spent there. So how, have, in, in that realm, if I decide that that's your toughest part, how have you kind of worked through that and mentally been able to handle that? Uh, just Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, 
We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.